Geekville Radio. Matanki. Hello once again, ladies and gentlemen, geeks and geekettes. This is Seth, a.k.a. Zandrax, the mayor of Geekville and the host of Geekville Radio. And uh, I don't know how many people knew this, but there's a little thing that was added. A lot of people didn't talk about it. I mean, it just kind of snuck up on uh, on us all. And uh, in case you didn't know, uh, Disney has a streaming service. I don't know how many people knew this, but uh, apparently it's a, been a well-kept secret. And, uh, okay, yeah, enough with, enough with the jokes. I think just about everybody has watched something off of it already. And we're going to talk about it here on Geekville Radio. We'll talk Disney Plus. And I say we because once again, from the nice soft padded cell in South Kakalaki, my co-host and friend, uh, crazy train Jonathan Bullock. How are things going down there in uh, South Kakalaki? I'm, uh, I'm assuming we've still got a lot more snow than you'll probably ever get. <laughs> well, all aboard, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we don't have snow, but it's uh, very cold rain. We've had rain off and on for four days and highs in the 30s. So that's, you know, winter like weather for here, not sun, you know, not fall, but. We, oh, okay. we didn't get a fall this year. We had like a week of fall, and then, <laughs> then winter kicked in. So, oh, well. But, but, okay, yeah, so it's November. Okay, so you got Axl Rose uh, wailing out in your front yard about the cold yes. November rain? Or, <laughs> I, yeah. I, I, I thought that every time I see it. I, I started I, – I broke into that song at work the other day, and uh, <laughs> it, it went over okay with some, not so much with others, but, you know, oh, well. Right. Uh, like I posted on my Facebook, I said that you can tell a lot about somebody from the first thing they watch on Disney Plus. And of course, I made it a point to hint watching Herbie the Love Bug. Uh, <laughs> but, With but, uh, the great Dean Jones. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. And I, anybody who knows me will understand like the first two minutes of that movie. You'll understand why I like it so much because it's a demolition derby. But uh, <laughs> now, as far as Disney Plus, I mean, we're going to get to the Mandalorian. Mandalorian. I mean, that's going to be like one of the uh, meaty parts of this show. But af- after talking about Disney Plus, just let you folks know what we're going to do for the rest of the show. We're going to talk some Disney Plus, what, what, what we've liked and what we've watched. And the rest of the show is pretty much going to be all, all Star Wars from there because there's been a lot of Star Wars news that's hit since uh, we did a lot of Halloween-oriented shows for the month of October. So we're kind of getting back into the groove of things, and with all that Star Wars news that's hit, you know, about the Game of Thrones guys and standalone movies and this and that, we decided we're just going to make the rest of the show Star Wars-oriented after our Disney Plus talk. Does that sound okay with you, Train? Works good for me. Okay, so I know we watched The Mandalorian, That's uh, so we'll, we'll review that in the next segment. But is there anything else that uh, you just had to jump at when you got Disney Plus? Well, the first thing I did was just start going through everything they had without actually watching anything. Going, okay, you know, I I I have the DC online, which I am going to review for the for the podcast at some point, ladies and gentlemen. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we have talked some about some of the shows on their Titans and things of that nature. Harley uh, Quinn so, really looks like it's going to be a, a hoot. Oh yeah. Uh, but I, I mean, I enjoyed Swamp Thing. I enjoyed that, but I digress. We're talking about Disney, not about that. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, it, it, it's that was just kind of my thing was already having many streaming services, obviously Netflix, Hulu, WWE Network. Um, mm-hmm. I kind of wanted to, and I was comparing them, and I think I think fairly so. 
I was gonna I was kind of comparing it to DC Online and WWE because I felt that yes, there's a lot of different properties that, that but it is more of a, a it's a more specific type of streaming service, unlike Hulu or Netflix. I, you understand what I'm? Does that make sense at yeah. all? Yeah, I mean, obviously Hulu and Netflix, they always have something there. One of the things that I always thought was cool about the WWE Network is there's a live stream as well. If you just right, tune right. into it, there's something you can watch right now, like a TV station. Right, exactly. And so that was the first thing I really, really did was just like, what all do they have? Uh, you know, and that was that was intriguing to me. Um, I guess I knew what they were going to have based on what we had heard from the advertisement, but it still was quite amazing what you're getting for for your for your for your dollar. It's how that's a lot of stuff, you know, and and you know it's Disney, so you know it's high quality. Um, but the first thing I actually watched watch was my girlfriend and I were eating dinner, and she well, she's not a big she's a Trekkie, she's not a big Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Star Wars stuff was out of the, you know, that was, there is no Paramount streaming service yet, but if there ever is one with her being a Trekkie and me being, you know, the huge, probably the 13th fan, that will also get pretty <laughs> <laughs> Closest like you got I, now is probably the CBS one because they got the, right, the Trek right. stuff there. Yeah. Yeah. They got the Picard on there. Exactly. Uh, you know, not that I need the eight, the first eight Friday the 13th movies from Paramount, uh, uh, to stream because I already have them in not one but two different box sets they've released at different times. But anyway, and I think I have most of them on like individual DVDs I bought throughout the years, and I might even have a few of them still on VHS. But I digress. And uh, probably <laughs> for me, just to you know to make the Star Wars reference, they're probably playing twenty four seven in your head anyway. So. <laughs> exactly. I mean, you can. I I literally can watch a kill from any Friday the 13th movie and tell you which, which, which one of the sequels it was. That's, that's, I, I know that franchise fairly well. But, you know, so we had to decide, you know, back back my story about, about Disney+. Plus. We had to decide, no Star Wars. The, the Jeff Goldblum show on Nat Geo kind of struck us, but we're like, you know what? It's Disney. We grew up on Disney animated films, and it happens that both of our favorite animated Disney film is Robin Hood. You know, with the with the animals, just absolutely love it. So that was the very first thing that I watched. Yeah, and that's uh, one that is on my list as well because obviously that that came from the days when Disney would re-release their movies every few years. Uh, and one of the things I love about that movie is the Roger Miller soundtrack. And Roger Miller oh, went yeah. on to kind of be an internet meme before we even knew what internet memes were because <laughs> one of the songs from that became the Hamster Dance. So right, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I'm Al and Dale, the minstrel. Mm-hmm. That's 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 old Tommy Tommy title for a folk singer because he says it right. <laughs> in the movie. But uh, yeah, that was the first thing I watched, and um, the second thing I watched was Mandalorian after she went to bed. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, and, and, and caveat, I am I'm not as big a Star Wars fan as Seth is, but her son who is 13 has said he wants to watch all the Star wants to binge them all this weekend. Mm-hmm. Saturday's out of the question because all our listeners know college football. I'll be watching. But Sunday, yeah. I've agreed to do that with him. And I gave him the option. Do you want to watch them in order of release or do you want to watch them chronologically? He said chronologically. So we're going to start with Phantom Menace. Okay. Yeah, that's that's a very good uh, thing in, in, in my view. I, to me, there's no right answer. But I've always been interested in hearing feedback from people where they will introduce kids or family or whatever in the chronological order because i've heard very interesting things about that like one of the biggest ones 
Uh, obviously, when people pitch doing this, the classics first, it's because of the way they were growing up, and you get the big reveal of, no, I'm your father. Right. So, yeah, you lose that. But there's two things that I've learned from people that watch it chrono- chronologically first. One is Obi-Wan's death has that much more weight to it. In, sure. Uh, and the other one is in Empire Strikes Back before they build up to the I'm your father when Luke's dashing off to go save his friends. The uh, It's being introduced very much like Anakin running off from the Jedi Temple to uh, wreak havoc and what ultimately winds up turning him. So the, the kids are like, oh, no, this is bad. This is bad. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, yeah, that's the kind of feedback I like hearing. I can see, you know, for me, when you look at the prequels versus the original and something you will get, like I said, more weight if you watch it chronologically, when 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 Anakin storms off back to Tatooine to save his mother, mm-hmm. you begin to understand. And I, I always kind of I don't fully defend Hayden Christensen because we've talked about before. You don't actors act for directors and screenplays, not for right. audiences. Yeah. But when you stop and take the rose colored fanboy glasses off. And look at how Luke acted, especially in New Hope and at the beginning, all the way to when he leaves Dagobah on on um, Empire. His mentality, his mannerisms, his let's lack of his whininess, how's that any different than his dad? Right. So many people our age who grew up with the originals went then saw the prequels of the nice. Oh, he's just so whiny. I'm like, did you watch Luke? But I want to mm-hmm. go to Tashi Station and get some power converters. Are you kidding me? Come on. Yeah. The whininess is strong with with the males in this family, you know? Yeah, yeah. Go back to Revenge of the Sith, where Mace tells him, you know, we get we give you a seat, but we don't give you the rank of master. And he starts a hissy fit over it. So much yeah. so that there's a great uh, mashup between Mace and then uh, Jules Winfield, where it goes from, what? You're not making me a master? Say what again? Say what yeah. again? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, even go back before Hayden was playing Anakin. What's the young boys that played him in in, in Phantom Menace? I'm name yeah. slipping my mind. Yeah, I mean the, the, Jake the, the look. He, yeah, yeah, Jake Lloyd. The look he gets on his face when Yoda tells him, "You're too old. We're not going to train you." Mm-hmm. You from right there. I'm like, okay, Skywalker men. They're. I mean, this is not our. This is not our, our explicit, but they're kind of bitches. Yeah, <laughs> you know? right. They're, they're kind of whiny, and, and, and so it's like you know. I think. That is something, that type thing you'll see better if you watch them chronologically. Mm-hmm. And then another note outside of Star Wars to another section of the, the Disney, you know, empire, uh, the MCU, uh, I have watched a little bit of First Avenger, Captain America First Avenger, just because mm-hmm. I hadn't seen it in a long time. But I'm stopping because I've been discussing, uh, I'm thinking over the Christmas holidays, maybe not, I mean, I don't want to do the full binge where you had to watch all the episodes of, of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Netflix mm-hmm. stuff, that would take months. And it would be hard to do. But now that we have all the movies, at least on one one streaming thing, I think we're going to watch all the movies in chronological order, not in. Right. So I'm going to have to fit down. I mean, obviously, First Avenger will be the first one. Yeah. And then I think you're looking at Captain Captain Marvel. Yeah. Marvel probably second. Yeah. So, you know, uh, I'll have to get I'll have to go to one of those websites that tells you the exact order to watch them Mm because I'm not quite sure. I mean, and then you look at things like the events of Civil War. The flashbacks in those are actually happening concurrent with what's going on in Captain Marvel. Yeah. Because, I mean, Howard Stark's death is in the 90s. So, mm-hmm. Right. One of the things I'll uh, give you if, if you want it, because it's actually linked on Geekville Radio, is I actually have the chronological order for Clone Wars. Because the Clone Wars ah. animated series 
mm-hmm. how, what happened with it was just a bunch of writers wrote a bunch of episodes, and that's just kind of how the first two seasons were. And right. th- there was a uh, timeline that was worked in after that. So that's that that seems kind of weird. It seems kind of harmless at first, but then when you see characters that are li- literally killed in the first season and they show up in a third, it's like, wait a minute, <laughs> well, you know. did I miss something here? <laughs> right, right. So, and, but and, you know. and, and as far as the MCU goes with with the other stuff, I mean, I'm a I'm gonna I'm gonna you know if you listen to this podcast, you know, I'm a fan of all the Netflix stuff, even the Iron Fist stuff. I'm a fan of of the Agents of Shield. I'm just not sure how much of that really matters, especially. I always fanboyed this idea that uh, Black Mariah, the, the Alfred Woodard character from Luke, Luke Cage, uh, was the same character that approached Tony mm-hmm. at the start of at the start of Civil War. Yeah, I thought and the same thing. That, that she was she she realized the only way to get rid of Luke Cage was to get other superheroes to take him out, and so this was a grand machination, which makes sense. That's a villain type plan, isn't it? You right. Know? And so I thought she was pretending to be this this character, you know, this woman, and just found somebody who had died in, you know, Sokovia or sorry, in uh, in in, in uh, Nairobi or wherever it was where where where, where Crossbones gets blown up, you know, mm-hmm. and then tie that in to guilt. Was it Sokovia? Was it or something like that? Or no, Sokovia Sico- no, was no, no, it was an actual real. Con- I want to say it was Nairobi, oh, okay. Kenya, but I could be wrong. Okay, you know what I'm talking about? Where Scarlet oh, yeah. Witch, like, yeah, exactly. But yeah, yeah, it's what anyway, leads to civil I- war essentially. Yeah. Right, right. I, I thought maybe that was her, but they never tied it in. And then I think Feige himself came out and said, no, that's just the the luxury of having a very talented actress like Alfred Woodard playing two different roles. So that shot down that fanboy. So there's really no connection to the Netflix stuff. I would say the only really thing you probably need to watch to have any connection, you might need to watch an episode or two of Agent Carter just so the reference in in or in Endgame when they time travel and you see a young Jarvis, you see an older Jarvis. It kind of mm-hmm. makes sense. And I also think you probably need to watch that one episode of Agents of Shield. I think it was season two, where they find the old, or there's about three episodes actually with the Patton Oswalt characters where they find the old Helicarrier. Then you understand where the Helicarrier just pops up at the end of of Age of Ultron. You know, mm-hmm. but other than those, I can't really think of any that really really tie in. Uh, to where you're going to miss anything if you just watch the movies. Am I wrong? No, no. I, I mean, really, there's some extra things you can catch with the first couple seasons of Ages of S.H.I.E.L.D. Like, the first season of Ages of S.H.I.E.L.D. fit very well in with uh, Winter Soldier because you, right, you right. saw the Hydra reveal coming. Right. I thought Bill Paxton was was so great in that oh, yeah. movie to the yeah. point where he's Bill Paxton, but it's just like... He's he's turning heel, isn't it? And obviously, spoiler alert. Yeah, Bill Bill Paxton's the 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 main bad guy in in the first season. But and and I believe, correct me if I'm wrong. That's probably the last big profile role he had before he passed away, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think so. Yeah, and we uh, know Powers Booth for the same thing. That role he had mm-hmm. in ages was the last major role he had before he passed away. So, so I guess what we're saying, if you're if you're a great character actor, uh, don't do Agents of Shield. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, but, exactly. Oh wow, that just yeah just. Totally derailed I mean, that, the show, but uh, <laughs> no. Well, it, it, there's truth. I mean, they're both great. They were both great character actors, you know. So, anyway. yeah. But but for me, uh, the I'm going to watch all the Herbie movies to get back to the original question we were having about first stuff to watch. I uh, grew up on the Herbie movies. Uh, I have, I'm going to watch the live action remake of Lady and the Tramp because it's one of my favorite Disney movies. Lady and the Tramp, Fox and Hound, and like like you said, uh, uh, Robin Hood. That's those are probably mm-hmm. my three favorite. And then from there, uh, you know, Tron has always had a, a a nice place in my heart. 
and uh, black hole is, is on there isn't yes it? yes and i will ne- i can now uh tell the 10 year old me oh yeah that's what the ending of black hole means and uh <laughs> you know spoiler alert for uh anybody who doesn't understand the black hole ending or hasn't seen it uh the bad guys <laughs> go to hell and the good people go to heaven that's the ending of black hole <laughs> so <laughs> pretty much yeah. yeah and once again speaking of 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 you know recently lost great character actors you get to see robert forster in one of his best roles so there you go mm-hmm. right that's the movie that introduced me to Anthony Perkins. So I ah. first saw him as a good guy in Black Hole. And <laughs> you never then I go see Psycho. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think the fact he's so good in Black Hole as a good guy and so great as a, as a I mean, one of the greatest heels of all time. Is that not the sign of a good actor? Right, right, yeah. But uh, anything other than that, I'd probably start looking for some of the classic uh 40s or 50s animated shorts you know the old mm-hmm. theatrical shorts that uh, th- that's right, the other right. type of stuff i'd really want to look up as well uh, the, the two things well, for what it's worth i did watch aristocats tonight which is another mm-hmm. one of my favorite that, that's up there for me too yeah everybody wants to be a cat's just one of the best music songs ever written for a disney movie period uh but you know I, one that i i'll have to look because i could not find i only have it on vhs and it's a, I did. It's the first Halloween in a while. I didn't watch it this past Halloween. Was you know, Ichabod, Mr. Toad, mm-hmm. which I'm sure if I do a search on Disney is on there because it was a Disney production. Yeah. Though I believe it was in that era where Disney stuff was being released by RKO Pictures, but was still being you know produced by by the studio. And uh, come on, Basil Rathbone, Bing Crosby, can you go wrong? Right, right. And there always <laughs> were those elements of Disney productions in those days i mean they were still family but it had some of the undertones in there that the mature viewers would get i mean i still say that that classic adaption you're talking about i mean that scared the hell out of me as a kid sure sure you know you brought up a good point with herbie and i just thought of it right now one that i'll definitely be looking up in the next month or so uh is the apple dumpling gang Mm-hmm. If you, yeah, and escape and an escape to which mountain you remember that mm-hmm. yeah did they, they do a remake of that with the rock yeah the rock was in it uh, i forget the the character he replaced but i just remember the, he the Brian old, Key character i think didn't he? i think uh, you're the, right yeah uh because i just remember for the original what jumped out at me when i saw it was denver piles in it you know only mm-hmm. in the sure beginning in the end but i'm like What's Uncle Jesse doing in a suit? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. For those that don't know, I know a lot of our younger listeners think when they think Disney, they think the stuff they own, the properties own, and then animated. There was a chunk there, most of myself and Seth's youth, from I'd say about the mid-60s to what, the early 80s, Disney was making family entertainment, but it was some PG stuff. I think Black Hole was their first PG movie, as a matter of fact. Yeah, it is, yeah. Uh, but they were all live action or a blend of live action and animation like Peach Dragon. Mm-hmm. I think I'm adding that to my list. I, yeah. The Dawson Broomsticks, I think was also a Disney. So, but, but all these movies we're mentioning the, the love bug stuff with Herbie and uh, Apple Dumpling Gang, Escape to Witch Mountain. I believe the cat from outer space might've been a Disney production. I yes, it wrong. was. Those Which... were all live action. Has has uh, Sorrel Book in it, so we can keep going with the Dukes of Hazard references here. So sure, and Ken, you know Ken Berry's the main guy. I mean, it, there those were what I grew up on. When my mom took me to see a movie at the theater, it was live action. Ben Oz and Broomsticks. It was the Apple Dumpling Gang rides again. It was Pete's Dragon. Um, I think the first animated movie she took me to see that was Disney was Robin Hood. 
because like you said, it was re-released a few years after it originally ran. But the first like one I saw like in its premiere, I think was maybe The Rescuers. And that was like mm-hmm. 77, probably 78. Something like, out. yeah. Uh, and um, you, you probably have to put Fox and the Hound in there, like I said, as far as, mm-hmm. far as favorites, which, you know, can't well, go Fox wrong with Kurt Hound, Russell. Fox you know. and the Hound has Kurt Russell doing a voice. And what's the rule about Kurt Russell in the movie? Yeah, yeah automatically <laughs> sound also- better. Yeah. <laughs> Which is also why I love the great the great mouse detector from the late eighties because it has another person on the list, Vincent Price. Right. So. <laughs> and and somebody else who has that perfect voice for Disney, it was the it actually it was Fox and the Hound was the my introduction to him, but the late great Pat Buttram. You know? Sure, sure, sure. And then if you listen to if you watch a lot of the Disney stuff that we're talking about animated, Robin Hood, uh that kind of thing, that from that era, the the the, the mid to late sixties. You can hear a lot of Phil Harris. That's the voice oh, yes. of Little John. That's the voice of, of Baloo the Bear. That's the voice of Thomas O'Malley and Aristocats. He just got a wonderful baritone bass voice, and he's just awesome. You know, yeah, nobody could man. sing. He's, he's the white man's James Earl Jones. I would, I, would, yeah. I would give him that. He has that kind of swag in his bass. You know, yeah. Nobody could sing Bear Necessities the way he did. And it's it's one of those things. It, I've always had this question. I wanted to do an episode about it for for Geekville Radio because I've always wondered why movie companies for animated or whatever where they they hire voices why they try to go for known actors because you know they did the the Jungle Book 2 which they used and admittedly if you're going to cast a, a known actor I mean John Goodman does Baloo in it and it's like Okay, you know that's that that's fine. That's actually a a, a good casting if you're not going to go the voice actor route. I'm and like, didn't well, Bill Murray do the voice in the live action adaptation? Uh, well, he did. Uh, I I think you may be right. I actually never saw the 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 live action one, but you know, obviously that's going to be another one that's going to be on uh, Disney <laughs> Plus. So there you go, another one to add to the list. Uh, but I always thought. Are, did anybody go to see Jungle Book 2 or rent the video or whatever because John Goodman is in? It's like a perfect example was the Smurfs movie. You know, Katy Perry played Smurfette. And I'm like, is there a single person who decided to go see the Smurfs because Katy Perry's in it? Right? You know, <laughs> they would literally right. save money and be closer to the authenticity by hiring voice actors that could do a Phil Harris impression, which is what they did for Tailspin, you know? Sure. So now, there you now- go. You're making a good point. I think, uh, once again, back to, to our, our, our younger listeners uh, who aren't familiar with the live action stuff we're talking about. You grew up in an era where it was very vogue for Disney to cast very well-known actors and actresses to voice that. I mean, my goodness. Once they started with, I guess the first one I can remember is probably, would it, would it be Robin Williams in Aladdin, probably? Maybe. Yeah, but, 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 you know, well, no, probably, I think Demi Moore as the voice of, of Esmeralda. And Tom Hulse is the voice of the Hunchback. I think that Hunchback might have predated Paul Connors. I mean, I might have de- predated uh, um, Aladdin. Oh, shoot, uh, Aladdin. But, yeah. I mean, then you, but then you're having James Earl Jones and and all. I mean, that's that's the thing to do now. Right. But Robin Hood was really the first movie they did that with, with them casting Peter Ustinov as the voice of Prince John, and uh, uh, Andy Devine as the as the voice of Friar Tuck. And of course, those that don't know, Andy Devine was one of the more famous uh, comic relief character actors from the old 40s and 50s westerns. He was yeah. always the, the, you know, the, 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 the funny guy. Gabby Hayes would be another one. Walter Brennan did a lot of those type roles in those movies. But um, they were the, you know, that was, this was in the 60s when nobody was casting 
and Peter Usenoff and Andy Devine, I mean, am I wrong in saying they were both kind of like A or A minus list actors when they got cast in that movie? Yeah, another perfect example for that, going back to the original Jungle Book. I mean, the character of King Louie is not in the original Richard Kipling books. They no, invented that no. character for the movie. And, I mean, Louis Prima, he was a very well-known entertainer at the time. They basically Jazz modeled musician. Yeah, they basically modeled King Louie after him. And anybody that grew up in the 80s that might not know previously, uh, Louis Prima did Just a Gigolo long before David Lee Roth did. And, yes, he did. Yes, and he did, he did uh, Jump, Jive, and Whale, which um, right. Brian Setzer remade in the 90s. So that, right. that gives you the type of performer and musician that he was and you know they they literally just kind of turned king louis into louis primo because it was made specifically for him so right and and, and for what it's worth brian B bradford who was also a major voice actor we lost a few years ago from that era of disney did the voice of um did he do sir hiss maybe i cannot remember i know he did i know he did winnie the pooh he did several of those he was a, a highly acclaimed stage actor, just not movies. I, I, matter of fact, I believe he's like has seven Tony nominations, and there's only one wow. other actor that's got more with eight, and I can't remember who it is. So, I mean, yeah, it wasn't like they, they, they cast unknown actors. It just wasn't like it is now where they go with these super A-listers. I guess that was my point. To get right. off topic a little bit, but I just found that we were talking about it. Might as well bring it up, you know? Right, right. But that still gives us easily a, a good weekend worth of binging. And when I say binging, I mean binging like, you know, having it on all day. So, right, right. You're never getting out of your pajamas and you're going to be eating bowls of cereal most of the day. Is what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, so, sounds a lot like it. So, all right. Uh, we're going to uh, take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to dive into the all Star Wars all the time for the rest of this episode. This is Geekville Radio, and we will be right back. Are you looking for a gaming themed podcast? Then check out You Just Got Fragged. Join host Jared Aubrey and his panel of gaming enthusiasts as they discuss news and accomplishments in the gaming world, and of course, the gripe of the week. That's all at YouJustGotFragged.com part of the Wrestling Brethren Podcast Family. Attention all Time Lords and Ladies, Geekville Radio presents Examining the Doctor, a weekly look at everybody's favorite Time Lord, the Doctor. Join Mark and Seth as they bring their signature blend of knowledge and humor to favorite and not-so-favorite episodes of Doctor Who. From Hartnell to Capaldi, Examining the Doctor provides episode commentaries for classic and current Doctor Who fans alike. Examining the Doctor, available on iTunes, Stitcher, and at GeekVilleRadio.com. All right, we are back, and just to get it out of the way, the newest episode of Examining the Doctor, it's our 71st episode, Mark and I do commentary for Twice Upon a Time, which is the final Peter Capaldi story. So if you're a modern Who fan, that's something you would probably want to check out. But uh, enough about Doctor Who, we're going to talk Star Wars pretty much for, for the rest of the episode here. So The Mandalorian, uh, I think we're probably on the same plane here with just absolutely loving it, right? I think if there was any, I, I made a written spoiler-free review that I'll link in the show notes, but this review, obviously, I might as well wave it now. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler hole has been breached. Spoiler hole has been breached. I, th I think 
really, if there was any complaint to be had about it, just to kind of get the negative out of the way first, and it's a small negative, I think it's, you could argue the episode might have been too short. I think it was about 37 minutes and change. Other than that. Yeah, that shocked me, the length of it. I was like, well, okay. (laughs) But like I theorized in my written review, it's very possible that since they don't have a set time to do it because most tv shows are like 42 to 44 minutes long so they can fit into that one hour when you factor in commercials since they didn't have to worry about that i think it might have given more freedom and you know dave filoni who directed a lot of clone wars episodes uh did the i think it's his first live action directing was this uh series premiere but other than that i don't think there's anything that could have been done better in in my view i'll just say this because again i think we're on the the same wavelength here I was very much hoping for a Clint Eastwood spaghetti western in space, and I think that's exactly what we got from everything from how the Mandalorian was depicted, much like the man with no name, and even the soundtrack had that western vibe to it. I was kind of half expecting the... That's like the only thing that that could have made it any better was adding that uh, little little riff in there from Indo Mor- Morricone. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it, I was kind of you know, we, I don't remember it being on any desert planets. It was you know an ice planet at the very beginning. Um, mm-hmm. I was kind of this is how Western it was to me. At some point, I would expect I was expecting to do that second unit wide establishing shot with the Mandalorian being shot from behind and, and just watching the tumbleweed across the screen. But we right. never got that. <laughs> but it, would it have been out of place if it was there, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, and still, there's there's another, you know, light, uh, what, eight, nine episodes left. So maybe they'll do something like that. Now, I want, I'm asking, so we were talking to, uh, running time. Is, is that what every episode is going to be, 30 to 40 minutes? I have no idea. I mean, there is the schedule release. They're, they're essentially going to put out episodes every Friday. Right. So, you know, as you probably know, you can't binge off the bat because there's only one episode. And, so, and is that going to know. include one uh, tomorrow, Friday, as we record this? Yes. Yes. So episode two so will be available get, on the 15th. We'll get, yeah. we'll get two episodes in one the first week and then one every week on Friday after that, basically. Right. Right. Gotcha. Gotcha. So as far as everything about the character, I know I already raved about Carl Weathers being the head of a bounty hunter guild. I thought that was great. I had made the joke online that that blue fishy alien looking character, he looked like he could have been played by Rob Schneider in 1995. Uh, <laughs> yes. but, and the only other thing, when I forget the character's name, but he looked kind of like a, a both. And when I was in, I was like, okay, I under. <laughs> This 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 name's this voice is in the back of my head. I should know who this is. And I saw in the in the credits Nick Nolte. I'm like, holy crap, that was Nick Nolte. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of caught that right. The only thing that was missing, and it would have been very inappropriate, but I still would have marked out, was you know when the Mandalorian first shows up, uh, which essentially from here on out I'm just going to call him the man with no name because he really mm. is the man with no name in this. Uh, I was waiting for him when when he walks in, you know, to the room with Carl Weathers for, you know, for the great flexing handshake. You son of a bitch. You know, you wanted to see that, too. Come on. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I mean, will will that ever get will will that ever get old for for Carl Weathers? No, I say not. (laughs) Right. So uh, that's really kind of the big points I I had with it. It certainly felt 
Star Wars and quite frankly, felt like something George would have done. And I mean that as a compliment. Yes. Uh, I've also made the joke that if you're a gamer like we are, you know, it's as far as like the D&D and and stuff like that, you could practically imagine the dice being rolled at the table at at some of these confrontations. Oh, when when he gets when he gets on the Gatling, on the Gatling laser Mm -hmm. gun, you know, with 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 the IG unit. And I'm saying that I'm I was actually remembering a, a shadow run campaign that I ran in college where we couldn't figure out how to get the how we couldn't get the door down. And we had an orc in our we had a we had an orc in our in our campaign, which in Shadowrun lore, they're you know, they're the biggest of all the humanoid races. They're mm-hmm. you know brute force. He was trying everything to take this door down. And one of the smarter characters realized, wait a second, is the wall as strong as the door? No. So we just had him hit the wall next to it. And that's how we made our interest. But that whole scenario is replaying in my mind as they blast the door down. I'm going, I've, I've been in this situation in a role playing game before. I know what they're going through. So yes, you're right. I can literally hear clack and clack of the dice being rolled on the tabletop. I was really happy. Not, I'm not surprised, but I was very, very happy to see that for the fanboys, it, 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 it because it is a, because it is a standalone, uh, you know, story, um, it, it it's it, I think it, with it having that Western feel, it will appeal to the non fanboys. But for us fanboys, I was very pleased to see how they use tech and ships and things of that nature that had already been established in the in the Star Wars universe proper. Mm-hmm. So you understood. Uh, a couple of the things that stuck out to me was the the little iBot on the door mm-hmm. when he went yeah, to get the marker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The same one that Jabba has on his palace at the beginning of, of return of the Jedi, uh, that I don't know if it's a race that looks like that, or if it's just that a mask or a hood they wear, you know, the long snouted with the, you know, yes, that's the, yes. The, the, uh, the same as the spy that turns in Obi-Wan and, or excuse me, old Ben and Luke. Yeah. yeah the, you know, the, like the, the elephant snout face. Yeah. Right. Is that a race or is that a mask they wear? I, I'm not sure. I believe it is part of the race because they're called, I think, a Kubaz or something like that. The character okay. was called uh, Garandan because I think I made my own meme photo about all the standalone Star Wars movies, which we'll get to in a minute. That they, you know, Garandan, the movie, and, you know, and it's just the guy <laughs> going around going, wah, 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 wah. You know? <laughs> uh, of course, uh, his, uh, of course, his armor is Mandalorian, and we talked, discussed before the show came out about Mandalorian armor and Boba Fett and all that. So uh, that obviously uh, I, I kind of missed a section there when he catches his first bound of the blue guild guy you're talking about. And he's mm-hmm. discussing his ship with him. I missed something that they said, but I saw just, you tell me you're more of, a, of a, a fan of this stuff than I am. Am I wrong in saying it seemed like the Mandalorian ship was a re retrofitted or a reclassed, uh, uh, troop transport from the clone wars from from like episode two kind of has that fuselage to it i mean it's it's almost got engines on it like something from naboo or even uh battle beyond the stars if you want to make that right. reference but right it was uh, definitely no. not an homage to slave one or right. south one i mean right it didn't look like an ironing you know yeah like but, a big iron yeah exactly yeah. and then the biggest of all the tech of course and this kind of also allows you to know chronologically where it falls the fact that he is using carbonite freezing yes. to, to, to hold it. This means it has to has to be, and they even say the Empire is dead, even though, spoiler alert, we do see Stormtroopers. Yeah. Uh, but, but we've discussed how the First Order in the new trilogy 
uh, are the remnants of the old empire. So can't say I'm shocked there. You know, mm-hmm. uh, the armor that you see him wearing in the new stuff is just, you know, updated version of what we saw in the originals. So no surprise. But that means it has to be at least, at least at minimum post empire. Yeah. Do you know for sure what the time frame is or do you have you, are you I, speculating I believe, like me? Yeah, I believe it is eight years approximately after Return of the Jedi. Uh, as far as the stormtroopers go. Maybe I'm wrong, and maybe it'll be explained later. I just took it to assume that those weren't necessarily actually stormtroopers; those were just guys. They just had the arm, right? Right. And you know, there's there was I could buy that because the famous line Leia to Luke: "You're short for a stormtrooper, aren't you?" Mm -hmm. Uh, Those guys looked short to be stormtroopers, if you know what I'm saying. So, so yeah, I I could buy that. Um, I I I could see eight years. I was guessing. Mm -hmm. My guess is if we if they're saying the Force Awakens is about what twenty years after Uh, the end of Return of the Jedi. uh, Yeah, I think I think they say thirty. But okay, I was guessing somewhere eight to twelve years. Right. You know. Now, also correct me on this. You're once again you're a bigger fan. The IG unit we saw was that IG eighty eight. No, uh, everybody thought it was, but it is credited as IG eleven, and that is. Taiki uh, Watiti, at least doing the voice. I'm obviously the character was probably CGI, but yeah, that that was uh, his voice. And if you listen to the conversation, it's established that the the bounty hunters guild they build these 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 robots for that purpose for bounty hunters. Right. Yeah, and I think it was kind of funny how that IG droid was capable of being the badass and comic relief at the same time. And well, that was kind of the same know, thing K K two S O did in, uh, in in Rogue One, isn't it? Which right, the great out too. So yeah, and it also explains why the droid was so eager to blow itself up. You know, yeah, he's like, no, don't self terminate. <laughs> <laughs> that was kind of funny, but you know, I also thought he was kind of cool the way that with their design, how he did that three sixty spin with his arms and his eyes. I mm-hmm. thought that was really really cool. That's that. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that geeks love when you see this fantastical tech do stuff like that. And it was like. Well, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That's quite tactical, you know. Yeah, I yeah. thought and, I thought it was a really cool design, personally. Yeah, and it is the type of thing that they would not have been able to do on that level in the late seventies, early eighties. I mean, they could have right. done something similar, but it obviously would have been a mechanical prop that could only move so fast. And we had no idea what they looked like in battle because all we'd right. ever seen of an IG unit was that prop that the prop department built and put on Darth Vader's Star Destroyer in the middle of Empire. Yeah. That's the only time It's just standing there, yeah. It's just standing there. I mean, you know, and I think we discussed this before, but you said, was it Bosk and or Dengar are both supposed to show up at some point? It's very possible. I know they have Trandoshans, and by all accounts, Dengar isn't dead, so, you know. Right. Dengar's human, though, right? Yes, yes. He's just really badly scarred up from his past exploits. Right. Uh, and in the classic lore, I don't know if it'll carry over to Disney mm-hmm. lore, but it w- it w- had something to do with Han, like it was a speeder race or swoop race or, or something like that. So he blames Han Solo for his disfigurement. Facial. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm speculating here, but I get a feeling the the female Mandalorian who was the weapon maker, the you know the blacksmith, so to speak. Mm-hmm. That character is going to become very important as these rolls on. I think. Yeah, I think a character that's able to supply that much upkeep, you know, somebody like and the way like she her, says things to him, you know, right? Somebody like her is going to have no pun intended many irons in the fire. So she's probably right. talking to other people. Just just speculation. 
and that medal that that he gave her a bar of that was like his down payment for taking the job that had the that looked like a wasn't a rebel seal what was that was that is that the seal of, of the bounty hunter guild i guess or yeah and and then there was a thing about you know imperial credits or something to, something to that effect right. where it led to that you know the empire's gone and carl weathers like it's all i got you know right well, and if it's if if it's the least the way I interpret it, it's no different than gold or silver here. It's just a mm-hmm. precious metal that happened to smelt it and put into that size bar by the empire. So yeah, the empire doesn't mean anything anymore, but the the, the metal itself is still valuable. So right, right. I mean, I mean, there's a reason why divers go off the coast of Florida and the Bahamas still looking for Spanish gold. I mean, yeah, it's it's not good for coin use in Spain anymore. But guess what? The gold is made out still worth money. So, yeah. Right. Well, we can't talk about Mandalorian without bringing up that twist ending there where they had what looked to be a baby of Yoda species. And I think they even made a joke about it being 50 years old. So it's possible it's not an infant. It's just a young person or teenager equivalent of a Yoda. So uh, that is one of those things that I think George Lucas had said. He didn't want the character of Yoda to be expounded upon too much. I'd heard the rumor that he had a, a Yoda origin in his head. He just never actually did it. So it's interesting that they're kind of going there now because, of course, George Lucas has no direct control over Star Wars now. So Disney can do what they want. So, you know, that's that's something they decided to do. And and I believe George was on set for some of this filming. So it's pretty safe bet George knew they were going to do this. Right. We have talked about a few times when we've talked about the character of Yoda here on the podcast that as far as we know, and when you combine our knowledge with some of the other contributors and friends of the podcast, like New Vengeful Jedi and some of these other, you know, do other podcasts that we're friends with, none of us can find, can think of or of an, in anything in, in, you know, expanded universe stuff, non-canon, canon, maybe, maybe, maybe in some fan stuff, but we can't think of any example of another creature of the same race of yoda yeah the only so, yeah the only thing we get is the character of yaddle but she's off there in the corner in the jedi temple and phantom menace and doesn't even have any lines so yeah right, you, you know right so it makes me wonder with that being said uh maybe and maybe they're going to expound upon this that race reproduces asexually or some other strange way and and there's only one of them around at a time or maybe two one male one female who knows you know you know pour water on them and three more come up you know right well and and with with yoda dying in the during the events of return of the jedi and him saying even then you know i'm 900 years old when you are when you look as good as me so we know he's you know close to a century old when he dies Mm-hmm. Uh, this would be, and, and we're saying this is, you know, eight to 12 years after Return of the Jedi, it would make sense that maybe the new one of the races or the male of the race or whatever is now 50 years old and in the, in the universe, in the galaxy. Right. Uh, that's kind of my speculation. Well, you got any thoughts on that? Well, 50 years, uh, this would be approximately eight years after Empire, which was 20 years after episode three and then episode three was or episode two was 10 years after episode one so you're talking about a 
40 plus year gap there. So that would put this character's birth as being somewhere around the time of episode one, when you think about it. So, and that, and that would make sense. Maybe this race prepares for that, knowing that this is their average lifespan. I don't know. I just, I'm, I'm completely spinning my wheels here, ladies and gentlemen. This is a complete fanboy speculation on my point. But I think whatever the race is, we can agree on they're just not a plentiful race. And there's not a lot of them around because they're not like humans. They're not like. Like so many other races we see, uh, we, I mean, we've even seen more than one uh, Mon Calamari in, uh, other than Akbar in this. I mean, they're just, you know, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I think we can agree to enth- enthusiastic thumbs up for this. And, yeah, I think the only other complaint is we got to wait a week between episodes. But, hey, it'll be like the TV of old. So, yeah. you know. Well, I mean, we, we grew up with that. Right. You know? So, we're, 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 for you young folks, I know you want to binge everything, but welcome to our world growing up. <laughs> right. Now, one other thing that has been making the rounds for news, and it still falls in with Star Wars and Disney Plus, is that little extra line that's added to the classic Han and Greedo uh, shooting scene. And I think by counts, this makes it at least the fourth time they've changed it now, but they've added yet another change to it when it wasn't. Han shooting first anymore or them shooting at the same time or anything like that. For somehow, you get a quick shot of Greedo yelling McClunky before getting blasted. And that's kind of become the latest internet meme, so to speak. Uh, So, you know, it's one of those I don't really get why they did it. It certainly doesn't ruin the moment for for me or anything like that. It just it's one of those things where you just kind of ask, uh, why did they do it? So I don't know if you had an opinion on that or if you cared, but uh, no, you know. I, I, I think it's just the world we live in with, with memes. I mean, it's, they're going to try to make this the Leroy Jenkins. You know, I would, I would have no problem with somebody memed out the credo going Leroy Jenkins right before he gets shot, but that's not going to happen. But I mean, it would be funny. So let me ask you this, since you're more of the, of the knowledgeable on this, Seth is McClunky a Rodarian word or do well, we know? Rodians speak Huddies. Those you know, the same Oh, is it language, the language that Hut that Hut speak? Yeah, and somebody had pointed out that Sebulba had a similar phrase used when he was talking smack to Anakin in Phantom Menace, and it, it translated in the captions as "This will be the end of you," and maybe because it's not oh. uh, captioned in A New Hope here, this this new version. So I think that also kind of. I- Led to the speculation. I personally just had put it out there that I think McClunky was just the snow speeder that Greedo had in his youth. Oh, I always no, Citizen <laughs> Kane, yeah. McClunky. No, I've always kind of thought that in so many races spoke Hut on Hut knees on Tatooine is because well, Jabba kind of runs the planet, so. Right. It's kind of like, you know, yeah, we don't have an official language in America, but most people speak English or Spanish now. So if you speak one of those two languages, you're going to be okay in America. You speak another language, you're kind of going to be screwed. Same thing in Canada. You speak English or French. If you speak anything else, you might have some problems, you know. So that's why I always thought. But that's interesting to find out that they actually speak the same language. I did not mm-hmm. know that. Those two races. Now, back into the news, the news hit a little bit ago when – I think it's when the, the last – two weeks or so, and that's that the Game of Thrones creators, uh, Benioff and, and Weiss, I, I hope I'm saying those names right, but they 
are no longer attached to any Star Wars project now. They had been announced as doing either a movie or a trilogy, and people were even speculating that it was going to be a, a Knights of the Old Republic movie. Right. I don't know if it was going to be the same project that Ryan Johnson would have directed because Ryan Johnson usually likes to write uh, the stuff that he makes. Mm -hmm. uh, so I can't help but think, and again, this is pure speculation, but I think we got a pretty good track record for some of this stuff, that it could be something that came to pass when Kevin Feige was brought on board because that was given much ballyhoo when it happened and because – Kevin Feige wanted to make a Star Wars movie going back to when Disney bought Star Wars back in like, you know, what was it now, 2012 already. So, right. you know, he, he'd been wanting to do one for a while. So he probably has an idea in his head. And really, you can't argue with Feige's track record with all that shared universe that the MCU has. And I think one of the major complaints with Star Wars, and it, it'll bring us to the next point, uh, is that there does seem to be a lot less effort put into the continuity of things. So I don't know if that's a good theory or, or if you have any opinion on that, but I, I can't help but think that might have something to do with it. That's a possibility. Another, another one I thought when you told me this news is uh, they're a hot name right now. And let's be honest, Star Wars, I'm not saying Star Wars is not a big, Star Wars is a massive property in Hollywood. We all know this, uh, but I don't think it has the luster it used to have because of some of the things we're going to talk about here in a little bit. Uh, so it's possible that it could have been a mutual thing because they've got ideas for other things too. Game yeah. of Thrones, I mean, let's be honest here. Game of Thrones right now, as we speak in the year of our Lord, 2019, Game of Thrones is a hotter property than Star Wars. Are we agreement on that? I think I think the argument is there, yeah. So, I mean, they're, they're, they're not going to want to take a step down, but they also are going to find out from, you know, if this is the route I'm thinking they want to go, uh, you better better knock it out of the park with your second one, whatever it is. And um, I can think of a lot of – I mean, look at M. Night Shyamalan, who has until recently with you know Glass and, and, and um, Split, he, everybody was down on him because was, he was so good out of the gate with The Sixth Sense. And then everything else was kind of like, eh. Mm -hmm. So when you, when you have something that level of success of the Game of Thrones – franchise you're you know i mean i think of jd salinger as, a, as an english guy well you know with an english degree jd salinger wrote catcher in the rye that's a walk-off home run and never followed up you know never i mean he wrote other things but it was never as successful or as or as you know legendary then you have people who are smart in, in that regard like margaret mitchell she wrote gone with the wind and they never wrote anything else. Yeah. That's smart. <laughs> you know, Harper you know, Lee to kill a mockingbird, you know? There's another another great example. You write it and then walk away. Where so I think you understand the analogy I'm making there. Yeah. I think maybe maybe some of it's on their end too, not just not just the Disney end. Maybe they're like, uh, you know, they're they're not they're not giving us what we want and we got other ideas and we're coming off a super hot property. Let's go for it. I mean, and they're young. This is when you want to do it, you know? Uh, right. Believe me, even if their second, if I'm right and their second thing comes out and it does flop, they'll they'll get a chance to. I mean, M Night Shyamalan didn't stop making movies, did he? I mean, it, it, he went through what about five or six before he got to to split. There was always oh, back again. Yeah, and the headline to the Hollywood Reporter story that I'm going to link here um, uh, about that termination, so to speak. There is a thing about the toxic f fandom. I think that's probably 
more just an easy scapegoat. But and, but but as Game of Thrones guys, they ought to be used to that because that's yeah, a pretty right. passionate online fan base, you know. Right. And again, I'm not saying that because I know so. It just I I think it's it's an easy thing to lay it on as an explanation right. to the, to the public. But they do have, like you were saying, uh, ideas for other things. They have like 250 million dollars for deals in, in Netflix, which is probably going to be more than most Star Wars movies cost. So they're getting that money given to them. So it's very possible, again, kind of putting two to, together, is this somebody that you really want in your team because they already have a, a potentially conflict of interest with all the money they'll be making doing stuff for Netflix. So, right. you know, and, and, there you go. Now, and that we are, this whole episode is dedicated to the Disney Plus streaming service. That is now a direct competitor. Right. You, you know, you know it, it's not everybody can be James Gunn. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and James Gunn was weird how his came about to be working for both sides of the you know opposing teams. So I mean, and, and I think we both are in agreement with like a James Gunn situation. I think he knows his home is Guardians, and and with Disney Marvel, he's going to do Suicide Squad too because they let him, and it'll be great because well it's him. But then I think he's going to step away from Warner Brothers DC and and be back home. Am I? Do you feel the same way? Yeah, I think I think so. And, you know, I think in the end he's he's going to be okay. Now, uh, speaking of these other movies, we not to, you know, toot our own horn too much, not to put ourselves over, as I usually like to say immediately before I put myself over and and, and you for that matter. uh, (laughs) You know, there is a story on businessinsider.com, which once again, I will attach in the show notes at geekleradio.com that Bob Iger said that he doesn't believe fans are as interested in Star Wars standalone movies. And that's something, if you go back to episodes 201 and 202, that's something we touched on. Like, are these spinoff movies really going to keep interest? And you know, you were actually very strong in your opinion on that. And you know, so I'm, I'm curious what, what you think about that, because I think it, you can definitely make the argument that this proves you're right. Well, I feel vindicated. That's for sure. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But I also, once again, I this is not to rag on you or Vengeful Jedi, who was on one of those episodes, who were very, very high on Rogue One. Um, I think is that Rogue One came out and it had that strong brand name of Star Wars, so the casuals were willing to go and watch it simply based on on you know. It, it, once again, Star Wars, right? Yeah, relatability, basically. Yeah. Exactly. And then they were like, wait a second, this doesn't make any sense. And they were having to have people like you and me explain things to them. Most people don't want to go to a popcorn movie and have to have people explain stuff to them. Okay? Right. I'm just saying. Right. Especially a Star Wars, you know? And so when Solo came around, which is – those are the only two standalone movies we've gotten, correct? Right, right. And Solo by far is the – lowest performing Star Wars movie of all time with the possible exception of that Clone Wars movie. Right. And so so I we we did speculate that part of what hurt Solo was we we both said it wasn't a perfect there were there were a lot of problems with it, but it wasn't bad. Uh, right. but we also both admitted that we're looking through rose-colored glasses. But you would think that the the character of Han Solo is so popular and so well known. I mean, he is essentially an archetype in just regular old, you know, Americana you know, mm-hmm. pop culture. And so it should have done better in Rogue One. And we speculated, well, no, it, it got it got hurt partly because it wasn't a great movie and a lot because of the backlash from from um, Last Jedi. Yeah. Uh, 
I'm beginning to think now that also some of them was because of what we're talking about. People were willing to go see Rogue One, and that is why it did the great numbers it did. And then they were a little let down. Either they went in thinking it was going to be another Star Wars movie, and it wasn't, or it wasn't what they expected, and they just said, you know, fool me once, that kind of thing. And right. so I think that affected the numbers as well. And remember, I was vehement. Like you just said, I was vehement. Because I do not think these standalones are going to work. It's it's fanboying at its highest level with a big budget. That is hard for, for us that look through the rose-colored glasses of Star Wars, you know, I'm a little more pragmatic, I think, no offense to you or or Clint, uh, Mm -hmm. when it comes to that kind of stuff, simply because I kind of had to be in wrestling, you know? Um, And also, I had, I played sports in high school and had other interests outside of just geek stuff. And so I could, I could, I loved horror movies and I loved Star Wars movies. And I knew all these things about the Friday 13th franchise and the Halloween franchise and the Star Wars franchise. And other than maybe a, two or three other guys on my football team in high school and in college, they didn't know this stuff. So I would hear their opinions, you know, cause on these type things, well, I kind of think this, you know? And so I've always been able to, I'm not saying I'm not to put myself over. I would always be able to look at stuff like that. That is, you know, has a very ardent, passionate fan base that is kind of cult and star Wars. Let's be honest. Star Wars, yes, it, it, it crossed over and is huge because it did appeal to the casuals. But at the end of the day, is it maybe not? Is it maybe not the biggest cult movie of all time? I mean, am I wrong in saying that? So it, I, mm-hmm. I can see where the non the non members of the cult who will watch it see things, and um, that's why I said what I said, and I feel vindicated now. Yeah, somebody at the highest levels of he's going, okay, this was an experiment that didn't. Work. I think with Mandalorian. And if it's going to do as well as I think it's going to do and with having a streaming service now and, and just generally entertainment in general going that way, I think this is the place now where you can do those standalone things. Exactly. I, I mean, yeah. Netflix is already doing besides its own, you know, Netflix, Hulu, Shudder, uh, CBS is streaming service. You know, as the Picard show we mentioned earlier. So yes, you have a lot of, 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 shows but hulu and and netflix they do their own movies too you know mm-hmm. uh one of the movies i did not list on, on on our sister podcast 31 movies for halloween i did not list one that'll probably be on the list next year called the babysitter uh it's a great horror comedy it was done by netflix it's a netflix original from about two three years ago you know and i think it's one of the best horror movies of the last 10 15 years and it's and, and i'm not the only horror geek that that feels that way i because i've talked to others about it so i think you know since i'm talking to these passionate fans in a certain fan base about a certain particular type of genre movie i think star wars applies there as well you do this on uh, everybody i think personally i think star i think disney plus is going to be in more homes than netflix because it's cheaper and what it offers offers so much to such a broad audience I, i i i can't see People who have access to a smart TV or a console or whatever, anybody that has access to that and has children under the age of 15, I can't see them living without Disney Plus. Can you? I, it's, yeah, hard hard to imagine. <laughs> I mean, it's going to become, I think it's going to become that big. And so what I'm saying is, yeah, I think that's where it's going to work because you're going to get the same thing. I mean, as a horror guy, there's a whole, I mean, you got Shudder, which is a, a, a streaming service completely dedicated to horror, you know? And 
some of the stuff you don't even get on Netflix. It's like this bizarre, you know, B movie type horror stuff you get on Shutter. Well, that's the same kind of fan base for horror. You know, that there are Star Wars people. They're going to get Disney Plus. They'll watch it like crazy. And, and what's going to be considered a success on a streaming service as opposed to a theatrical release movie, they're worlds apart. Standards wise. Don't you agree? Yeah, agreed. I think you hit the nail on the head when you said standalone can now be on Disney because fans who will be that ardent and that uh, passionate. Yeah, passion is probably the perfect word. They'll get the Disney Network for this type of stuff. So sure, it's a selling point for a, a service like this, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you know, now that they can do stuff as a series, because you know, as we all know, the Obi Wan Kenobi story had been rumored for years to be a movie. Well, now it's a series, and since it's a series and not a movie, they can go into far more depth than they could have in a two-hour movie. So I really do think a lot of the stuff that maybe might have been planned for Solo 2 or for the Obi-Wan movie can now both be done in the Obi-Wan series because, you know, Solo right. ended with Han and Chewie going off to Tatooine. We got a Darth Maul glimpse, and we got a... Uh, a uh, whole background on Darth Maul and such. So where is Obi-Wan hiding? Tatooine. So you can tie up all those. And I think as long as you don't have Han physically meeting Obi-Wan on Tatooine, they can pretty until, much until do what they, they want. Until they meet each other in Mos Eisley. Right. And, and New Hope, yeah. Which uh, you may not know. Uh, we know that Ewan McGregor's on board to do any of this kind of stuff. What's What What is Ray Park said about reprising Darth Maul in, any, in either TV or movie? Well, he he was actually in that famous that was him in, scene. That, yeah, was, it, that was him in, in in the makeup then. Yeah, yeah. So I don't think they'll have to twist his arm. No, no. I, I don't. I, I mean, if you're going to do Darth Maul, heck, even if you're going to do the one that you know got the the robotic legs version, mm -hmm. I don't think with his fighting style, and obviously fighting style is very important to a Jedi. Uh, I don't think you can get somebody except a Ray Park level martial artist to pull that off personally. So if you don't get Ray, you're going to have to get somebody that knows how to how to do fight choreography very, very well at a very high level, you know? Mm -hmm. So it, it'll be interesting to see the next few years here. I am certainly interested in what Kevin Feige is going to do. And I think it does show, no matter how way, any way you want to slice it, that Last Jedi, I think there's substantial evidence to show that it may have been at least part of this. But, you know, I do give them credit for pumping the brakes this early and saying, hey, well, we got our own streaming service. We can put that there. And then the right the diehard fans will will just be onto that. So uh, and, and, uh, another example, I, I forgot to mention of that. Just just think about Lucifer, the DC property. Lucifer mm -hmm. was a somewhat hit on Fox, regular Fox broadcast. It wasn't, but it it got canceled. But guess what? Then it got picked up by Netflix, and now Netflix is doing it. Same thing with the rest of development, you know? Mm -hmm. So uh, streaming services have really changed. Uh, I think I don't think we can see it right now because we're in the middle of it. But you and I can look back from our age and see how much home video recording systems have changed how home entertainment works for viewing things. I think 20 years from now, when you and I are much older and grandparents, We'll be able to look back and see how much streaming services changed in, in much the same way, don't you think? Yeah, yeah, I think so, because it's just where the the technology is going. Yeah. yeah. 
All right, well, we'll wrap up with one last thing here, and you're free to contribute this if you want, Train. Uh, the last thing I wanted to mention, we're approximately one month away from The Rise of Skywalker coming out, and I did a full rundown of the last trailer last month, but I have now these four predictions for Episode Nine. And we already know we've heard Palpatine's voice in it now, not just his, his laugh. And they talk about how long he's waited. So I think Palpatine is a Force ghost. I might have mentioned that before. Uh, there is precedent in, I believe it's the Darth Vader comic, that Sith ghosts can exist, but they just can't appear anywhere like Obi-Wan and them could. So... Wreckage of the Death Star, that's where he died. It would make sense. And we also know that Force Ghosts can interact with the real world because Yoda had that drop of lightning in Last Jedi. No, but even better, he bumped Luke upside the head with his cane. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I think it's very possible that Palpatine has been manipulating Kylo more so than Snoke. And, you know, by pretending to maybe be Vader or something like that when he's trying to commune. And really, as much as Snoke getting knocked off in the second movie or, you know, episode eight in Last Jedi, as much as that bothered me, if we are getting Palpatine for the final act, that kind of balances out or trumps any take, sort of, yeah, yeah it, it, it really take make, that trade off. That's what you're saying. Right. It's <laughs> the best way to put it. Yeah. Uh, that it doesn't make his death as big of a deal. So I, I do think. Luke will return in flesh and blood, if not all the other Jedi. Just something about how this is juggling and they're calling it Skywalker and maybe Skywalker will be the new name for Jedi. The other thing we talked about, Hayden, before, I don't think you can do a wrap up to the Skywalker saga without Anakin himself appearing in some capacity. We already know he's a force ghost. So... You know, th those are my big four. We're going to get Palpatine. He'll be the true manipulator, not Snoke. Luke will be in, in flesh and blood, and we'll get Anakin in some capacity. So we'll see uh, where I stand in those uh, in another month. Here's here's my speculation. Mm -hmm. uh, I do. I tend to side with you. I think Palpatine will be a Sith ghost. Um, it is even possible. This is me stretching here. He actually is in flesh and blood because we know that his attraction to the dark side was simply learning how to overcome death. So mm -hmm. are we really sure that he's dead? I guess yeah. is what I'm saying. Right. Uh, so that's, that. that's, he's going to appear one way or the other. We know that from the trailers. I'm thinking it might be more than just voice only, you know, mm -hmm. just personally. Uh, I don't know if Luke appear in flesh and blood, but I guarantee you, we will see Luke is at least a force ghost. Yeah. Um, along with probably Hayden Christensen as Anakin, we, Probably we'll see, uh, you know, um, maybe in some version, you know, yeah, yeah so I, I don't know if they do the same technology uh, and do a force ghost version of Alec Guinness, but I um, wouldn't be surprised to see Qui-Gon. I mean, there's 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 a lot of a lot of those types I, I could totally see showing up as force ghosts. Um, yeah. And I, I, I am interested. I would not even be surprised with the technologies they have and what film they do have of what Carrie did. Before she, you know, passed away, if she mm -hmm. shows up as a force ghost, you know, yeah, yeah agreed. Uh, uh, and only other speculation I have is um, I think, and I'm praying for this more than more than speculating because I might riot. Um, <laughs> uh, is I do think that Lando will be the first 
legacy character other than Chewbacca to actually survive one of these movies. <laughs> it's fine by me. <laughs> because yeah. It's going to be great to see Billy D again. We both have agreed on that uh, multiple times. Mm-hmm. So I just think, you know, you've killed Han, you've killed Leia. Well, you didn't kill Leia, but unfortunately she's going to be gone. I will be interested to see how they handle that. And, and you've killed off Luke. Are you going to kill off Chewie and Lando too? I, I doubt it. And if you do, I riot. So, yeah. <laughs> it's not going to happen. They're, they're certainly hinting at 3PO, you know, with that, uh, taking one last look at my, my friends. Oh, he's a robot. Do they really have right. lives? He's an android. <laughs> right. I mean, how many times has his memory been wiped? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's, I think, is what that might be pertaining to, is they're essentially going to hack him open to get these past memories that maybe he doesn't remember. Right. And, you know, that's, that's not a bad speculation either. Uh, and I, oh yeah, one last thing. I do, I don't think the Millennium Falcon, I've heard people say, well, they're going to go out of the bang and they're gonna actually going to finally destroy the Millennium Falcon. I'm like, wrong. That's not going to happen. You might have more people ride if you destroy Millennium Falcon than if you killed Chewbacca. <laughs> <laughs> Very possible, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, no, I think the Millennium Falcon is safe. Um, anyway. All right. Well, that's going to wrap up this episode, episode uh, 246 of Geekville Radio. And drop us a line. Let us know what we're doing well, what we might not be doing well. Is there anything you want to talk to us about or want us to talk about on the air? Geekville Radio is the website. We are on Twitter and Facebook at Geekville Radio, and you can actually respond through a plethora of ways there on the the social media. The website itself has a comment section, so I'm definitely curious if anybody agrees or disagrees with, with these predictions. So, uh, Train, if anybody wants to yell at you about your opinions on Star Wars or Disney Plus here, where can they find you? I'm always available on Twitter at crazytrain underscore JB. All right. We will turn out the lights here in the Geekville studio. I'm not shutting down the power because I'm going to go finish watching Herbie movies on Disney+. Plus. But <laughs> I should be done by the time the next Geekville Radio comes around. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you folks again later. Geekville Radio is not sponsored or endorsed by any product or company unless specifically stated. The views expressed by the host and or guests are purely their own and do not represent the views of GeekvilleRadio.com, A1-Wrestling.com, or any affiliates. Some media used on Geekville Radio is the respective copyright of its publishers, all rights reserved. One other thing about your casual fan talk i mean i knew people when rogue one came out that they had to explain to families and friends because their families and friends were like wait another death star you know? <laughs> <laughs> so they, they didn't quite understand the timeline yeah <laughs> <laughs>